0: Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Gospel Nate. We are not on track for our usual thing. In fact, it's been a while since any of you have heard from me. But uh, we've got a message. So let's dive into this. Lord, we do thank you for this time that we have to spend with you. Father, we just speak a blessing over the message and over the words that it would bless the hearers and give life to those who will listen. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's dive in. Fear and despair. Too much and too little. So we have two problems in life. Oops, there we go. Yep, sorry about that. We have problem. Two of them, in fact. We live in too much fear. We are afraid of almost everything out there. Fear of loss of employment. Fear of finances being lost. Fear of car crashes. Fear of loss of love fear of fear itself i mean that sounds ridiculous but we actually do have that problem in a lot of our society and some of us even have a fear of no bacon which i feel is a legitimate fear but that's just me so moving on fear puts us in the wrong dominion and if you want to know anything more about dominion i highly recommend checking out face to face healing again that's face to face healing ministry.com link will be in the description excellent resource under spiritual authority highly recommend it if there is fear there is no peace if there is fear there is no love if there is fear there is no jesus Romans 8:15 says for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out abba father Fear is bondage it truly is It is submission to the wrong things and we were not given that spirit of fear we were not given bondage we were given freedom and that freedom is to be able to be in the family of God, to be able to cry out that Abba Father. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, the sound mind there means saved thinking. It's the Greek word sophronismo, which you do have to follow it back to its Greek roots. But that's essentially what he's saying. He has given us the power of saved thinking fun fact that means self-control and sound thinking to be able to think correctly and fear kind of uproots that entire thing because the minute you get into fear your thinking stops being saved because there's no trust in jesus and it stops being sound because you're doing everything and anything you can at the spur of the moment just trying to survive and get through the next moment but that's essentially what the greek word means it's save thinking but fear was not given to us that's not what was given to us when we got the spirit of adoption it wasn't given to us when we got saved we weren't given the fear so if it didn't come from the father where did it come from because he gave us the ability to think like him and he gave us power And yet here we are getting into all the fear that we can possibly get into and you have to stop and ask the question of why? Well, the short answer is we just don't trust him. If we did trust him, we wouldn't fear. And that's an absolute fact. If there's trust in something to protect you, there's no fear that you wouldn't be unprotected. One of the reasons people buy guns one of them, not the only reason, because I know someone's going to be out there saying, Oh, everybody's afraid of everything. No, that's not how this works. One of the reasons that people buy guns is for self-defense. Because they live in a place where they want the protection, and as long as they have that gun, they do not fear being mugged. Because if somebody else comes up and with a knife, or in a group, or with a gun, they too have a gun that they can whip out and say, okay, I am protected here. You can try this, but somebody's going to wind up dead. Even if I die, somebody else is coming down with me. And a lot of times that'll de-escalate a situation. Other times it will not. But that's one of the reasons why people own weaponry. It's for protection because there's a fear. So they get the weapon for protection. We have the father. I'm sorry, but the father trumps every and any weapon out there which means that there should be no fear, and yet here we are. But we don't trust him, so we do fear. So save thinking equals trust. We are thinking like Jesus thinks. Jesus didn't run around in fear because he trusted the Father. Flesh thinking equals Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6. Thus says the Lord, Curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? Just not a whole lot of faith there, not a whole lot of trust, not a lot of hope. But definitely a lot of despair, because everything's based on what you can do everything must happen by my effort is basically what that verse is saying. And how many of us have gone through life? I mean, this is a statement I've I've said before. If I don't do this, it won't get done. Okay, that is absolute trust in my ability and my ability only. How about I work the late hours to be number one? I mean, come on, every one of us has said this at one point or another in our lives. And if we haven't said it, fear takes us into despair. And why do I say fear is easier than trust? Because we get into it so easily. It's easy for us to look at everything going on around us and just automatically default to fear. Fear is, by definition, our default behavior. When we get saved, we now have a different behavior that we're supposed to have, but we have to actively choose to walk in it because flesh is fear. Trust in the flesh brings fear. And by default, our nature, apart from Christ, is to walk in flesh and fear. But now we have to learn a new way. Because we've been given a different commandment from what we have had our whole lives prior to salvation. Which is, do not fear. Matthew 10, 27-28 Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetop. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, it should be noted that the word fear there, where it says do not fear those who kill the body, it's a Greek word phobeo. And then it goes on to say, But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell and it uses the same word, phobio. Now, if we look at that, it says phobio is an intense fear of, right? Or I should say just intense fear. Phobos is the Greek root word that comes from, and it's to have an intense fear of fill in the blank. It's just, that's where we get the, the English word phobia, which phobia by itself means to have a fear of water put uh, any word in front of that and it becomes a fear of fill in the blank. So as an example, we have a fear of spiders, which means that the spiders terrify the ever-living snot out of us. Phobia, fear of water. Um, I'm sure there's a word for fear of deep water. There's a word for fear of French fries, because that's an actual thing. There's a fear of clowns. There's a fear of buttons. There's a fear of pens. There are so many different fears out there. It is mind-boggling. I I suggest you go Google uh, list of phobias or or something, because the number of fears and the words they use to describe them are absolutely comical in in some cases. But, you know, for a lot of people, these are very real things, all right? Fear of snakes. Okay, how many people are afraid of snakes? They won't touch them. They don't want to be in the same room as them. They don't want to be in the same square block, mile radius, fill in the blank as a snake. If they know there's a snake nearby, they're they in absolute panic and terror until the snake has been removed and they know that it's safe again. But we have to go back to this verse and it says fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell and this this doesn't sound very much like the god that we have been promoting does it but jesus continues and he says in verses 29 through 31 are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will but the very hairs of your head are all numbered Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Now, again, that word for fear in verse 31 is phobio. Do not have an intense fear, therefore, because you are more valuable than sparrows. And that's the Father. Every hair of your head has been numbered by Him, and you are of more value than many sparrows. So we're commanded do not fear. If you have to fear something, then fear God, because He has power, but He will never abuse it, and He will never abuse you. So many of our earthly relationships are based on just that. We've seen the abuse of power, we've seen the abuse of authority, and we've seen how people have tried to use that to take advantage over us. But that's not Him. That's not how He operates. If we go on into Mark 32 through 31. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. Now this is the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, She was in the crowd and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed, right? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Again, that word fear there, Greek word phobio she came in intense fear and trembling. She knew what she was dealing with here. She knew what she had done and she knew the kind of power that she was messing with and it shook her to her core. So technically because of that power, she was rightly afraid. That's a lot of power to be messing with and a lot of authority to be playing with and she did it and she didn't ask permission first so she was afraid, but Jesus in verse 34 he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction i absolutely love this the greek word there for daughter is thugator this was not just some casual phrase but he was rather referring to her as my daughter not just a daughter my daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And that Greek word for peace is the Greek word Irene, which is the same peace as the fruits of the spirit peace. It's just absolute tranquility. There is no fear. Your faith has made you well. Go in no fear and be healed of your affliction. There was no condemnation here. It was all just love. Which is the God and Father that I know. There's never been any condemnation. All the condemnation and judgment has always come from myself. But Jesus is saying, my daughter, be at peace. And then we go, which reminds me of what was said in Hebrews four fifteen through 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is awesome. That Greek word boldly is the Greek word parousia, which means all outspokenness or frankness. This isn't about fear of talking to him and this isn't just this whole flippant i'm gonna come boldly before the throne of god and i'm gonna do whatever i want haha because i've been told i can no this is all outspokenness and frankness, just being completely open, no fear in talking to him, no shame in speaking your mind, and no need for correct phrasing, the you know, the right punctuation, the right words, the right structure. It's just Lord, I've got this problem and let me tell you about it. <laughs> Alright, this is relationship and this is how it was meant to be from the beginning. Why have we been given so much freedom? Why have we been given so much openness? Well, you have to go to the second part of verse 16, where it says that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can have mercy when we need it, which by the way, would be all of the time to find grace to help because Lord knows we do need that grace to help. He left all the doors open for us. This is the ultimate in open door policy. There will never be a time where he says, no, you can't come to me. So while we're sitting here thinking, I can't go to the Father because I've done this sin. I can't go to the Father because this emotion is on my heart. I can't go to the Father because this is how I'm thinking right now. That is exactly the time when you're supposed to go to the Father because that is the reason for having all the doors open. Approach the throne... With all openness and frankness, all outspokenness, everything bared before you to the Father, because guess what? His shoulders are big enough for it. So the question is, why do we fear? Now, this is speaking strictly about bad fear, because there is a good fear, all right? I have stood in the presence of the Father, and it's awe-inspiring to say the least. His righteousness is powerful and in all honesty having stood there i I can say that it should be feared because it's just that much power but feared for the power that it is this isn't the same kind of fear as the fear of a gun all that power is bent toward you for your benefit it is the ultimate in defense and love remember we had had just talked about the having a gun for protection and that's your defense and you have peace because you have the gun and you're not afraid well how much power how much more power are you going to find to defend yourself than his righteousness and his love there is nothing more powerful than that You know, fear it because it is just that much power. You know, if you were around a bomb and you knew that the wrong push on the wrong wire or the wrong button would cause it to explode, you would fear that power. But it wouldn't be the kind of fear of, oh my gosh, this thing is going to blow up at any minute. No, there's a lot of power there. Just like the fear of electricity. Nobody goes and sticks a fork inside of a wall outlet because you know you're going to get fried. You fear the power for what it is. Used correctly and not abused, it does great and marvelous things like bringing you this podcast. But there's not a terrifying fear of, oh my gosh, I'm in the same room as electricity, I'm going to die. That's what we're talking about here. It is the ultimate in defense and love. Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That Hebrew word right there for thoughts? Makashaba. Makashaba means to have a designed plan, a constructed thinking, something that was meticulously thought out and put forward. It's not just... I thought it's an actual plan and it says says the lord a plan of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope now the original King James says to give you an expected end which I feel like is a really good translation of it it's the Hebrew word tikvah and it literally means a cord. it's something that you can hold on to and and it's something you can follow, which means that it is tied to a specific point where you can follow that chord to the end, which means that if there's a specific point it's been tied to, God put it there. So it's an expected end. Nothing was left to chance. There is an expected end for you, and that end is good. Now I'm gonna preface, or gonna modify that statement with the understanding that This does not mean a five-story home with a six-figure income and a nice car and all this other stuff. Now, those things can be a possibility, but this is an expected end for good, with your righteousness, your sanctity, your purity, and your maturity in mind. That's what this is about. If you get other good things that are in the physical, awesome, great, great. You are blessed and highly favored. If you don't get all the great big houses and cars and paychecks and all that, great. You are blessed and highly favored because ultimately at the end, your maturity and your righteousness and your purity are the end goal. To have the Father manifest through you. But we need to walk in it. The Father and Jesus will not walk it for us and it needs to be something that we pursue because they can't force us to pursue it. So practicals, go before the throne. Don't worry about what to say or how to say it. Just speak frankly to him and approach him without fear because he's not there to blast you. He is there to help you, to give you peace to give you hope, to give you grace when you need help. He loves you more than you could ever know. He loved the woman caught in the very act of adultery. He loved the woman in the, cl- in the crowd who needed to be healed. All that terrifying power and righteousness bent toward you for a good purpose, for a good end. If only you will follow his leading, and submit but it has to be by your choice it has to be by your conscious will to trust in him to boldly go before him with openness and frankness knowing that he loves you more than many sparrows knowing that whatever issues you have he can heal them and bring you further whether they're emotional or physical or psychological knowing that Ultimately, not doing this will keep you trapped in fear and keep you from walking the way God has for you to walk, but rather, it'll have you trapped in fear and trapped in despair if you choose not to walk in this good stuff. And he can't make you. It has to be your choice. With that said, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your love. We thank you that you have given us your whole spirit and your peace and your love and the ability to come to you with all openness and frankness, to speak all things that are on our hearts and on our minds. Lord, no matter what we've done or where we've been, that you have left the door wide open, inviting us in. And Lord, I ask that each person within the sound of this podcast would just have the opportunity to hear your voice and hear your love. Lord, that they would know. That there is nothing they could say, think, or do that would keep you from them. Because they are more precious than sparrows. And you have numbered every hair on their head and you would not waste that time if they were not important. And we give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.